What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? The Yankees have been one of the best teams in all of baseball all season, while the Mets have been on fire and have climbed into the wildcard race in the National League. Yankees fans Victor Cruz and Rob Duran returned to Sports 360 to join me and my boy Rob Hoskins, Mets fans from Queens, to talk some New York baseball. In addition to kicking it on the Mets and Yankees, we also talk about the game. Juiced baseballs, a little Bryce Harper, a little Mike Trout, and why is it taking so long for MLB teams to install protective netting? Doesn't make sense, man. All in all, a good conversation with regular guys who enjoy the game. So get ready. We're about to start round two of Mets fans and Yankees fans talking baseball on Sports 360. Well, we are back for round two of Mets versus Yankees. And just as we had the first time around, I'm joined by Rob Hoskins, Rob Duran, and by Victor Cruz. What's up, guys? How are you doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. We're having fun again. Doing great, Jeff. I'm glad to have you on because, as 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 some will know, Rob Hoskins and I represent the New York Mets, who just happen to be the hottest team in baseball right now. And Rob Duran and Victor Cruz represent the New York Yankees, also known as the Evil Empire. So um, it's good (laughs) against evil on tonight. So Rob Rob Hoskins, I'm going to start with you, man. What about what about the Mets? Okay. What, what can you tell us about the Mets? All right. Well, let me let me let me say this because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start in on the Yankees right now because look the Yankees. Well, are there's what, nothing to 30, start in on. Thirty. Though. Oh, here. Okay. Listen, <laughs> listen, Yankee fans, just hold yourself. Okay, hold your water for a minute. So, the Yankees. Okay, they're thirty games over five hundred. Whatever it is, that's fine. Listen, you guys always schedule the parade, you know, at the end of April. You think you've won it already. So let's not go there. Let's talk about the Mets. The Mets, it was a typical Mets season. They start off looking pretty good, and then they can't close a ball game. 20 blown saves, whatever it is, before the All-Star break. And we go into the break and go towards the trading deadline thinking that we're going to, you know, trade a, a starting pitcher and, you know, you know, it'll be just one of those seasons where we limp it on it, limp it on in. And then they turn it around, win seven straight, uh, nine out of the last 10, thir- 12 out of the last 13. And next thing you know, we're creeping up the, uh, the division. And honestly, the only teams I'm looking at right now 
are the Phillies, the Nationals, and the Braves. I don't really care about the Yankees. The Yankees have their own issues. You know, that's a whole nother story, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit. But the Mets are really showing you something right now. And one of the biggest things that I keep hearing is that, well, yeah, the Mets have won this streak and so forth, but they're beating the Marlins, you know, they're beating the Pirates. And I'm, and I say, yeah, they're doing what they're supposed to do. That's the schedule, right? You're supposed to play who's on your schedule and you got to beat those teams. Those are the teams you have to beat. So it's this weekend where I'm focused. Yeah. The Nats coming into town. If we take care of business, two out of three there, then I'm going to get super hyped about this season. But until we start to take, until we start to take the lunch of the Braves and the Nats and the Phillies, you know, I'm still kind of just sitting here, just holding it, holding it close, watching each and every game, and just enjoying the performances. I mean, you've got, you know, you can. I mean, what else can you say about Pete Alonso and and Jeff McNeil and Conforto coming around now, like you know, gangbusters? I mean, it's amazing. And that's what the Mets are right now. They're amazing. And you know what? Every Met fan is going to tell you they just hope that it keeps on going. And and what about the Yankee you know, fans, though? But, but hold on a second, Rob. Well, so let, we, we, got, we got to get the Yankee fans oh. a little bit. We got, we got to give them some, some room here because, um, you know, they're going to have some things to say because they got one of the better records in baseball. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing because total, they got a mesh unit over there. It's amazing. Well, yeah, and, and that's a total surprise. Being a Yankee fan, I would have never guessed at, at how great the team is playing this season. Considering that we're really pl- we've been playing with a lot of minor AAA and AA AA players because of all the injuries. So one, that's a good that's a testament to the quality of the uh, talent we have in the minor leagues, which is great to see because you know Yankees for a long time would. Um, would uh, leverage their mind, their talent, their young talent for the major league squad. So to see that we have a nice um, fertile farm system with players that can step up and come in and produce every day, that's been great. But yeah, that's been the shocker. We'll take it though, because obviously the Yankees having a great season and you know, when you see the young guys playing and then the reinforcements are your, your top level guys, that's going to be, that's great. Cause every time you need reinforcements, it's not coming from the minor leagues. It's going to be off the, injury you know the injury list and and top top level quality guys um so for me the season going according to plan it's just not according to plan as to who's who's producing the season because we would have never expected all the young guys um that you don't really recognize being the ones cat you know catapulting the uh the uh the, the team um but that's been great for the mets you know from my perspective i will say this working in baseball you know, for as long as I did, what you hope to do is you hope to use the middle of the season and the uh, trade deadline to to light a spark. And the, the season for the Mets was going, you know, typical, like you mentioned. And for us, you know, not being Mets fan, typical means, you know, all the talent, not doing much with it. But I will say it was shocking at the trade deadline for you guys to try to trade for a, a frontline starter. And that created a spark. And that's kind of what, what you guys have been writing now, which is, it's cool to see, you know, I mean, that's what you hope would happen. And, you know, within striking distance of the wild card. Now, I wouldn't have my hopes a little, you know, more than that. But, you know, it's good to see, I guess. Rob Duran, what, what, what about, you know, your take on either the Yankees or the Mets? 
Well, I'll start with – I know Rob said he wasn't going to go after the Yankees, but I'm going to go after the Mets a little bit just for fun. Um, a lot of what Victor said is kind of what I feel as well. Like the Mets definitely – they hit the spark. They shocked everyone trading for Stroman. Um, and just, you know, the energy that Pete Alonso, McNeil, and those guys are bringing, it's kind of like that David Wright, Jose Reyes feel from back in the day where you got these young guys who were producing and, you know, bringing that energy to Queens and all that stuff. But I think when you look at the standings, and this is more, honestly, more about the teams in front of the Mets than it is about the Mets themselves. Just looking at in the wild card, Milwaukee, St. Louis, and then the Washington Nationals and the Phillies, I think the Mets will make noise. I think next year is kind of like the Mets' time to shine a little bit more. I don't know if they'll make a big run this year just based on those teams in front of them. But, you know, the rotation is obviously, if everyone stays healthy, is one of the top rotations in the game. Um, offensively, maybe they can do a little better. Cano didn't exactly produce the way they expected this year. And obviously the bullpen is a struggle, but I can see why you guys are a little excited. Finally, yeah, it's been a few years. I will say, I will say that Cano has been producing for me and on my MLB the Show team. So, <laughs> oh, that's the one thing about him. The man has been one of my main guys. <laughs> well, he's, well, you 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 don't have him anymore. What you at? What is that? Fantasy or is that uh? Oh, no, you're that's talking a, about the show. That's the video game. Yeah, the video the game. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So good thing that good thing the injuries don't translate because he's he's hitting bombs for me. <laughs> <laughs> I w- I bet you guys wish he was hitting them for you, but for me he's producing. That's all right. We got some we got some guys hitting bombs. So I will say hey, I, w- I will say Pete Alonso at the All Star break. Well, Pete Alonso is the one who won the uh, home run derby, right? Right. That's correct. Yeah. Wait, that was a shocker. I was like, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> well, but again, I mean, he... not watching him every day, I didn't know enough about him to think he had that kind of power. So I was that opened up my eyes a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing it. I mean, he was he was struggling a little bit until recently, and now he's hit, I think, uh, yeah. home runs in each of the last three games. I, so I, I tell you what, yeah, it wasn't, right. it wasn't looking pretty. If he keeps going, though, because he's when he gets hot, he gets hot, man. Yeah, he's a streak. He, he just goes on those streaks. Tell you what, it was kind of I was kind of like um, watching the soap opera because remember, right before the All Star break, didn't they have like throw, chair throwing sessions in the clubhouse with the GM and and you know vote of confidence? Vote of confidence is usually the the kiss of death. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, there's no doubt news, about it. Yeah, I mean the Mets. Oh, everybody. The, the Mets were going in the wrong direction, right? Um, oh. And look, I know when they traded for Stroman, my first thought was, "What are they doing?" And then I, right. but then when I realized that Stroman, you know, had another control year. In other words, the Mets still would have him for next year. It was smart. And if the Mets right. season didn't go yeah. well in the beginning of the season, then you know they would have an asset at next year's trading deadline, right? Um, and I said, you know what, that kind of makes sense. Um, and then, you know, uh, when they didn't trade Wheeler, um, now you start to look at that rotation. And, you know, right. Steven Matz is the number five starter. I mean, those first four guys are, are pretty solid, right? Yeah. And so, yep. you know, right now, you know, and I hear, you know, I think it was uh, Rob Duran who said, you know, looking at the teams in front of the Mets, but, 
you know, Milwaukee scuffling, you know, in my mind, you know, they, they've been up and down and Yelich with that back. I mean, who knows what's going on with that? You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. The Cardinals, Goldschmidt hasn't been playing well and the Cardinals are kind of up and down. And I haven't been impressed with the Phillies um, all that much right. either. So right. to me, those three teams that are in front of them, um, you know, and even in Nats, but, but certainly those first three teams, I think they all have some issues. So, you know, the Mets obviously got to keep playing well, but they, they, they're they situated pretty nicely right now. Yeah, to Rob's yeah. point, too, um, I know he mentioned they play the Nationals. After the Nationals, they play the Braves, too. So, yeah, yeah you know, the Mets, right. You know, I know that, you know, you're beating the bad teams. Like, I don't believe in that so much just because, you know, you have to beat who's in front of you. But right. if they can go on a nice run and beat Washington and the Phillies, now it's somebody you got to look at. Yeah, so yeah, and they gain and they gain ground on the, on, you know, they make up, uh, in the in the game behind column, they'll make up ground there, and that's yeah. why I said it's this weekend is where it's at. If they handle Washington two out of three, then it can, it's going to get really serious. And I think, like you said, the teams in the in front of the Mets, um, Milwaukee, um, St. Louis, you know, Washington and Philadelphia, they're they're those are the teams that are not going to want to play the Mets. Especially if the those starters, if the Mets starters continue and stay solid, I don't know. You know, I'm not going to say the bullpen is great. I mean, you know, because I'm always going to be nervous when they run Familia and Diaz out there. But Lugo is pretty locked down right now, and uh, you know, I think you know. I don't know if Callaway's going to do it, but I could see Lugo having the ninth inning, and because um, he's been pretty unhittable, um, and I think that that could be a real formula for success for them. So I'm just a little worried about the depth, you know, in the that lineup right now. Putting Lugo in the ninth and maybe giving Edwin Diaz the seventh or eighth, because sometimes right. that's really one of the closer needs when they're struggling. Just kind of, you know, even the Yankees yeah. did it with Chapman, I believe, last year. They, you know. Put him in the seventh yeah. inning just to kind of get his rhythm going, and right. then he back to his old self. So yeah, I mean, I did like it's the ninth, but you know, just get him, get his, get his confidence up to that you know real closer mentality and and level, and and I think you know he could be he'll be more effective because he has yeah. the time. It's fair. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And let me ask the Yankees, let me ask Rob Duran and um, Victor something. Um, Talking about, let's switch to the Yankees for a little bit. Um, And I want you to talk about the Yankees, but I want, but I also want to put the Houston Astros in the conversation because obviously at the trade deadline, they went out and got Granky, man. I mean, so now they got Verlander, they got Cole, who's just been phenomenal. And now they add Granky to the mix. Um, you know, the Yankees are, you know, been playing really, really good baseball. But, man, now you're looking up and Houston looks like, you know, yeah, I mean, they're they they really gangbusters. How do you feel about the Astros? Well, here's the thing. I mean, for me, it's a big concern, and here's why. As everyone knows, in the playoffs, good pitching beats good hitting 90% Every of the time. time. So having yep. three number one starters to face in one a short series, even in a, in a long series, is is going to be crazy when you don't have the same type of performance from your pitching staff. Because right now, who are going to be our, our top guys? I mean, you got Herman, right? Hopefully, Severino comes back. 
And then you got a kind of a, a two-headed horse of Tanaka and uh, Cece. Because, you know, Cece, you throw out there for the veteran, you think he's going to do something. But but that's not the same quality as the top, you know, the three guys from Houston. So that worries me. Um, in terms of offense, I think we're above we're above them in terms of talent. So we can mash. But, you know, like I said, good pitching beats good hitting um, in the playoffs in, in a short series. So that's, that's going to be a concern. Um, and look, you know, I mean, the microcosm of the Yankee series of the Yankee season is the, I don't know if you guys are watching during the Red Sox um, series, this last series, the last game, I forget who was up to, up to bat. It might've been Giro or Sella, but the dude guy um, fouled off two pitches on both his legs. <laughs> so it's like, that's the, uh, that's how the season has been going. You hurt one leg and then boom, you hit yourself on the other one. It's like it can't go anywhere. So, anyways, but that's kind of hopefully, hopefully we can we can get the injury bug away. Maybe some of the pitching staff, pitching staff, the starters will step up, and you know, second half of this one, not even second half, we're already in August. So the last you know month and a half of the season, month and three quarters of the se- of of the season, we can uh, really solidify our starting pitching. But I think it was a mistake to not trade for a starter. And especially when you have such, and I just spoke about this a little earlier, all the young talent in the minors, you, we can give, a, we can, you know, use some of that talent to go get a, a number one or number one starter or a, a frontline starter to help with our pitching staff because that's that's our biggest concern right now. Yeah. So why is it that the Yankees and the Mets won't do a deal? Because they were the, actually the best trade partners at the deadline at the time. And, well, you never, I mean, you, you never, you never, you never trade with your rival, and it's almost like for the same reason that but the they're, not rivals. Watch, they're not they're right, not true rivals. Right. It's city rivals, so you know, the, with yeah. the New York media, you don't want to deal with that. It's the same. I find it as the equivalent, even though it's not the same because we're not in the same division. But it's almost like trading with the Red Sox. You just don't do that. And so with the Mets, you don't yeah. because that's your city rival, and you don't want to hear the New York papers. You don't want the rest of the season to be about that in the papers. So, and I think and let me, well, let me ask you let me let me ask you uh professional baseball uh people this question. But so how does that work in uh you know that's that's one thing here in New York and growing up in New York I've heard that for years and years and years. But I mean what about Chicago? The White Sox and the Cubs don't make deals. Uh the the Dodgers and the Angels don't make deals, the A's and the Giants just I mean is it similar? I mean I'm not I'm not trying to be funny. I'm kind no, no, of well, no, no, sort of question. a little bit, but you know, is it is it that bad? Is it just because it's the Mets and the Yankees? Because honestly, I mean, think about it. You guys could have possibly have gotten if you put the right package together, you could have gotten Zach Wheeler. Yes, but here's here's why I would never do that. And and to, you know, as you mentioned, those other cities, I was trying to think. The Angels and Dodgers when was the last time they made a deal. I can't think of one on top of my head. And then yeah, when you man. have the the two the two Chicago teams, the same thing. And here's the thing: so put yourself in both shoes. Let's say you trade someone from the Mets to the Yankees, and vice versa, and they produce on the other teams. Then you have to hear that. You know what I mean? You, all the writers are going to ask is why? You know why did you trade this guy? Look at how he's producing. Did you make a mistake? And you don't want it to be about that. And so while New York is a big market, and you know the Mets Yankees thing is so huge. Um, Chicago, I don't think is much like that, and neither is here in Southern California, the yeah. Dodgers and Angels. But you still don't want that because that's a distraction. You're always trying to avoid distractions, and so even you know trading within the same city, that's a distraction. It could potentially be a distraction. 
Yeah. Well, even though it wasn't even though it wasn't a trade, we had to endure Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden uh, <laughs> winning the World Series with the with the pinstripes on. I even had to watch Dwight Gooden throw a no hitter in pinstripes. Yeah, but for first time, the distraction. It was like you, we'll take your guys after the fact <laughs> and we'll make them winners. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. They were already winners before they got there, okay? Right, right. So. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But everybody remembers more what they did at the end with the Yankees and all that celebration. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. Nobody remembers the Yankees' version of Dar- Doc and Darrell. The 30 no, no, and what I re- what I refer to that is not necessarily their whole career. I mean, everyone remembers what you know them coming over and doing what they did for the Yankees while they were winning the championships and stuff like that. That's what I mean. Yeah. I don't mean necessarily that that overcomes their career. I mean, in terms of like winning moments, you know, like wow, they, you know, look at what they did at the end of their career and it had to be in pinstripes, of course. Rob, uh, Durant, I thought you were about to jump in and say something there. Yeah, um, I was talking about the trade between the Yankees and the Mets. I know a lot of what was kind of, and I don't know if it was actual stuff, but stuff that was going around was, um, like, for example, like with Syndergaard and Wheeler, they've been on and off this year a little bit. A big worry that I was reading around, um, you know, whatever it is, is that the Mets were afraid that, kind of what Victor was pointing out, that they would succeed and kind of reach their full potential in a Yankee uniform. So that's kind of why they were afraid to make a deal, even though they matched up so well. Because, like, if you look at the Mets roster, what they need is an outfielder outfielder who can hit. We would have that in, like, Clint Frazier, for example. Um, You know, infield that, we got that in Estrada or – Tyler Wade, even somebody like that, and the pa- the package is matched up well between both teams. But I think it's a lot of just what the market is, which is New York, such a huge market, and just you know that inner fear of if I trade this guy who was supposed to be you know an all time great, and he struggled here with me, and then all of a sudden I trade him to the Yankees, and he becomes this the, you know fulfills his potential. What the heck do I look like? You know, and I think that's kind of why they don't really make deals with each other yeah and, and and look i and i'm and i'm with that I, I i wouldn't trade with the yankees either if i'm the mets and vice versa for those reasons um even if the packages line up you know i'd rather trade the guy to kansas city if he does well i'll hear about it from afar i don't have to see right. it right in my face every day you know right yeah but what if it leads us what if it i mean I, look, as an, I don't know about a lot of Mets fans, but I want another shot at a Subway Series. I don't, you know, and I don't care who's wearing the pinstripes. If it, if if a trade like that gets me the kind of hitting or the depth or that you know gets me into the NLCS and potentially the World Series against the Yankees, then I w- I want to do it. I mean, you know, yeah, I would hate to see. Thor in a Yankee uniform and then have to face him in the World Series. But you know what? We we know him. So, you know, we could take advantage of uh, of what we know about him. You know, we'd have the scouting report. So, you know, I, I don't know if, it, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, my I, I want my team to get to the postseason and have a chance. And, I, you know, if it means, you know, possibly facing the Yankees, 
I mean, that's what I don't know about you, Jeff, but that's what I want. I want another shot at them. Look, I'm going to be honest. I, of all the teams in baseball, I wouldn't want the Mets to be playing the Yankees. I, I think there's something about the Yankees that the Mets just can't get past. Well, but didn't they say that about the Brooklyn Dodgers? I mean, I don't know if they was... said that about the Brooklyn Dodgers or not. I just know that the Mets can't beat the Yankees. That's well, what I, don't I, know. Know. I know what it is. I know what it is. It's the uh, it's the I'm your daddy of the city syndrome. That's what it is. It's like I'm your daddy here. <laughs> no, that was uh, that was the Red Sox. Uh, that was the, the that was former Red Sox pitcher. Yeah, yeah he was. Uh, <laughs> He he was claiming that that they were his daddy. Yeah, but no. I, I'm I'm telling you though. I mean, look, the the Yankees, the Yankees to me, when I watch the Yankees, and again, I'm not a Yankees fan, but I I do appreciate this about them. You know, when Aaron Boone told that when he really lit into that umpire a couple of weeks ago, remember? We kept my guys are mm-hmm. savages in the bo- in the batter's box. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> When he when he lit into that guy, he was telling the truth. When the Yankees are in that box, they make it hard. In other you, they make the pitcher have to get him out. And I I think better than a lot of other teams in baseball because I I see some other teams and some other guys. It's almost like they I don't want to say they give away at bats, but the at bats are a little yeah. easy. The Yankees make you work, and it's from first inning all the way through. And right. I hate seeing those guys, man. I just do. Because, you know, it seems you just never get a break. And you know what? It's yes. funny you mentioned that because this Yankees roster, and I know there's a lot of injuries and stuff like that, but, like, for me, when the signing of DJ LeMahieu happened, a lot of people were up and oh, why didn't we get Machado or Harper? We signed this guy. Nobody knows who he was. He played for the Rockies. Regardless of his gold gloves and all that stuff, no one knew who he was. But when I saw that they signed him, I was excited because the kind of professional hitter he is. And He's been the MVP for us this year, yeah. Definitely. And just the way he hits is what we needed last year, just the guy who can hit with runners in scoring position. And what he's been able to do has kind of trickled down to every hitter. And – that's been the. That's why I'm very excited about the Yankees this year. It's a huge difference from last year, and I know last year they hit, you know, a million home runs and broke records and stuff like that. I'm okay with not let the Twins have the home run record. They can keep it, but the way they're hitting with runners in scoring position and playing more small ball, even though they're still hitting their home runs, is the night and day compared to the Yankees of last year. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Rob, you said yeah. something interesting. I want to talk about this. Um, you talked about the home runs and let the t- Twins hit, you know, the most home runs. I saw something recently where four teams, including the Yankees, and I think it was Seattle, and I forget who the fourth team was, they're on pace to break the Yankees team record for home runs, right? Um, it's four teams. And this year, you know, you know, the projections are at least 500 more home runs than last year. Um, and we've been seeing it, right? I mean, the balls are just flying out of of the park, right? Um, you know, I think when you look at the, 
the five, you know, the five seasons with the most home runs ever in baseball, four of them have been in the last four years. So, you know, right now, I mean, we, you know, Victor talked about the show and Robinson and Cano, you know, it is like lighting it up in, in, in his game. But isn't that what's going on in, in, in the real game of baseball? I mean, it's like it's it's almost like a pinball. It's machine, pinball. you know what I mean? How do you guys feel about that? All these home runs being hit. There's a lot yeah. of theories about the balls being juiced and I know Manfred has come out and said, you know, denied all that and just said, oh, well, it's the way they're made this year. Maybe it's a little different. I think there's truth to the the balls being juiced. I think um, if we remember what kind of, quote, unquote, stage baseball, it was the home runches from the 90s. And I think, you know, PDs aside and all that stuff, which may not be as big an issue this today as it was back then, but I think there's truth to maybe the balls being juiced and, the game being tailored to home runs. Kind well, of like the deal, what, being tailored to the three-point shot now. Yeah. yeah, see, what what I think is, you know, the PED thing, getting past that, you know, on the rearview mirror, I think it's created an environment where hitters have had to use technology to figure out how to be, how to get some of the results that, you know, I'm not saying everyone was doing substances, but, but what I'm getting at is nowadays, you're, they're more fresher because they've been forced to figure out how do I, in terms of conditioning and preparation, get myself prepared to, to you know, battle in a, in a long season. And so they're more fresher. And to be honest, I think the pitchers have been a little bit behind because right now a common ERA, average ERA is what, like a four? Think about it in the, even in the 90s, right? I mean, your top frontline starters were all, what, one, two, three was a bad ERA for a good pitcher. And so I think it's a combination of hitters making adjustments, not just at the plate and on the field, but off the field and pitching lagging behind. And I mean by that is, you know, in terms of how they step, they're going to step up their performance is what I mean and how they're going to step up as professionals. And I'm not saying they're being unprofessional. I'm just saying that, you know, again, the PED issues coming and uh, being at the forefront of baseball and forcing hitters to figure out how do I how do I keep myself in the grind in a way that is healthier, is legal, and then now employing those tactics and it's and you're seeing the results on the field. And so I think that there's a there's a mismatch there because we got I, again every time I see a four ERA and people are writing or talking about how oh my god he's got a low ERA it's a four are you kidding me I mean. That's that to me is a horrible ERA, but anyways, that's just my kind of thought on it, and I think that's what's going on. That's just my opinion, but hmm. yeah, I mean, I hear that. I mean, but I mean, one of the things too that we have to acknowledge, right? Our guys are trying to hit home runs, right? I mean, you know, this right. this emphasis on launch angle and hitting the ball in the air, and you know baseball talks about the three true outcomes right so you have home runs and you know um strikeouts and the walks which to me is killing the game as far as from a spectator standpoint but i mean you see guys going up there and trying to launch the ball right um Mm -hmm. so i think between that and the ball i think what manfred did acknowledge it is interesting he used the term there's less drag on the baseball (laughs) 
right? But they yeah. didn't quite know why. But you know, whenever you have less drag, that means whatever that you know, whatever that vessel is, yeah. whether it's it's going to move quicker, right? It's going to you know, it's going to be be able to move freer, mm-hmm. whether it's through the air, as in here, or through the water, or whatever. When you have less drag, so you know, something's different with the ball. Number one. Number two, you have players who are going up there and trying to launch the ball, you know, this emphasis on launch angle. And then, Victor, I do agree. I think pitching isn't what it used to be. Um, And so, you know, it it turns out to be, I think, a bad combination. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think also, I think you've got such a proliferation of, of power pitching where guys are throwing 96 plus. Yeah. So more hitters are able to get used to that speed, and they're ba- and they put you put the barrel squared up on a ninety-seven mile an hour fastball. You don't even have to hit it that well. It'll wall. It'll go r- right over the wall. You know, sneak right. You know, if the wall is four hundred and ten feet, it'll go four hundred and eleven. You know, it counts the same as hitting it four sixty. You know, but it just it'll just get out and. You know, and with everything else that you talked about with the ball, you know, it's it's not that it's not it's not that difficult. I don't think to to surmise that the the the, the hitters are are able to take advantage of that. I mean, Conforto hit one today that went a mile in the air and just just dropped a foot behind the wall, and uh, you know, it it didn't see and with a full uppercut swing, and um, you know. If if it wasn't that hard of a pitch, maybe it would have stayed in the park and been an out instead of being out of the park. And a couple of so weeks ago, um, there, a couple of weeks ago, there was a lot of um, coverage on Francisco Lindor because he hit a home run, and it's like he he, he swung almost like with one hand, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. he dropped down to a knee or whatever. It was not a home run swing, and obviously Lindor. You know, does have some pop in his bat. There's no question about it. But when he hit that home run, it was a you know a lot of people took to social media saying that's it. <laughs> that's that's proof positive that the ball is juiced, <laughs> right? Because it really was not a good swing, and you know it seemed like it should have been a can of corn out to right field, and it ended up going several rows deep. You know, as a home run. So, um, you know, something is up with the ball, no doubt. We've seen so much of those kind of swings this year. And even just watching games on TV, sometimes you see these fly balls and you kind of just look away knowing that it's going to be an out and it's a three-run shot. And you're like, well, how the heck did that get out? <laughs> just based on the yeah, swing, something that gets out. It's, it's crazy. It's, be- it's becoming a lot like the video, you know, which I joked around about the video game, but I played the video game and I got to tell you that it's becoming a lot like the video game where I, I – here's one thing. I was I was pitching – I threw a down and away curveball. The the uh, the uh, my opponent reached for it, hit a home run to right field, and I'm like, how is that even possible? How is that even possible? And so sometimes you're seeing that in real life, and you're like, I guess it is possible somehow. But in the old days, that was that wasn't even possible. No. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So let, let's on, on a more serious topic, because um, again, I mean, you know, we, we we joke a little bit about the whole Met Yankee thing, but um, 
I know you guys really like the game of baseball, love the game of baseball. Uh, and on a more serious topic, what are your thoughts on netting? And, you know, we, again, have seen another season where you, you know, serious injuries to, you know, mm-hmm. children and others uh, with foul balls going into the stands. Um, why do you think it's taking so long to do what obviously needs to be done? And that is to extend netting all the way down the line. Well, I mean, it, for me, it's baseball is a traditionalist sport. Right. So everything in baseball is at a snail's pace. And it's not necessarily the individual item that's up for discussion. It's that everything they do is at a snail's pace. Because honestly, I don't see where, you know, when you look at other topics, it's the same thing. When when to bring about change, it's taken a while. But with this, I don't see a downfall. I mean, you have people who say, oh, it takes away from the game. Honestly, it doesn't. Think about sitting behind the plate. How many people, those are premium seats sitting behind the plate, and you always got netting. So you're going to have netting down the down the lines. You're still going to have opening. You know, it's not going to enclose you. It's just going to be direct. You know, line drives. They're going to you're going to be be protected. But anything hit over the uh, over the netting, you're going to be able to catch. So it's just like sitting behind the plate. No different. So I don't see any right. any reason why there should be any negativity towards that because you know here's the thing. People are always talking about, well, we want the kids and we want the youth to experience the games. And you're seeing a lot more kids sitting down there, which was a problem because we weren't having – it was a lot of like – like we'll take Yankee Stadium for an example, where he's complaining that the suits are sitting in the in the good seats. So now you have kids sitting down there, which is what we wanted, but now we're complaining because the kids aren't always paying attention or are going to get hit with a ball. So you can't have your cake and eat it too. So if we want our youth to enjoy the game, we want people to come in and, you know, potentially new fans, then you got to protect them because you can't expect in today's day and age where attention is, is short for everyone to be watching every pitch. And even when you're watching, those of us that have been in the ballpark, even when you're watching, man, those things come at you real quick. So I'm all for it. Okay. I just think it's it's a baseball thing. It's just uh, they take their time doing everything. Yeah, I agree. I'm all for the netting and it being extended foul pole to foul pole. Um, we've seen, I, and I think it's what Victor's saying, baseball kind of falls behind and they're too reactionary to things instead of just kind of taking the action ahead of time. Um, and I, I kind of spoke out about this myself and I kind of got a, you know, attacked because it was like, oh, well, we can't take that fan experience away. Well, how are they going to get signed autographs? But that stuff happens before the game. A lot of these nets, they're retractable. There's access to players. All that stuff still happens. But now you're keeping people safe. And, you know, whether you're paying attention or not, 110 miles an hour coming at you, that's less than a second you have to react. And if you're a kid, you don't have that reaction time. Even if you're an adult, you don't have that reaction time. And some of these professional players don't have the reaction time, like the third baseman or even the pitcher, you know, they get hit off these line drives. So imagine a fan who's not a professional. So I have no issue with it being I'm, – I'm actually pretty passionate about it because it's going to get to the point where we're going to see something tragic, and, you know, hopefully it doesn't get to that. But that's kind of, I feel like, what MLB is, quote, unquote, waiting for, just something tragic to happen to then say – okay, well, now we're forcing everyone to extend the net because we can't have someone else, you know, end up dead or mm-hmm. something like that because of foul ball. Yeah. I, t- I tell you, you know, I, I don't I don't understand, you know, the big, the, 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 the back and forth on this. I think it's a no-brainer. You got to put the nets 
up there. You know, and in the t- and in my time and going to games, the chances that I've had to sit, you know, behind the plate and kind of near the dugout, I was when I was sitting behind the plate. I think, like Victor was saying, it's no, it's no it's a no brainer. You're you're right behind the plate. You know the ball is coming back there. The nets are there. You feel you feel pretty good about being safe, except you know the ones that come straight straight up in, in the air, and that's that's fine. You have a chance to react to those. But whenever I sat down the lines or near the dugout, boy, I tell you, that was that was nervous time because being around the game, being you know go, you know knowing how baseball is, you know you have to be ready. And like you said, kids, older people you know, people who may not be all that into it, you, you've you got to be ready if you're sitting in those seats. And so it's a, to me, it's a no-brainer. And what I can't understand is every on every level of baseball from Little League, and I've been on a lot of baseball fields, high school, you know, tournaments, all these things, everybody's behind the fence yep. it's because the ball is going to come that direction. I mean, the, the, these places that have tournaments, they even have netting. Okay, so you'll have four fields back-to-back, right? So you'll have four fields facing all four uh, directions. And in the walkway between the fields, there's nets above your head. Why? Because foul balls come, and they don't want people to get hit in the head. I don't, I don't understand why Major League Baseball thinks that, you know, this is – this is not something that they can do or they they're worried about, you know, the fan experience. The fans don't want to experience getting hit with the baseball. They want to get the baseballs. And I think like you guys mentioned, the foul balls that are catchable are going to be there. But the ones that, like you said, are hit 110 off the bat that you, nobody's catching them. And if you do, you're going to be in a whole world of hurt. So, to me, it just makes no sense. I mean, I don't. I've ne- I haven't. I've had two sons play high school varsity baseball in the last eight years, and there, there's no way I would ever watch the game from not behind the fence. I mean, it's 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 just a it just <laughs> makes no sense. So, yeah, and I want to piggyback on something Victor said. You know, he talked about you know a little bit of tradition or, you know, baseball is kind of slow to react or make change or whatever. And, you know, in terms of pace, you know, to me, baseball has an issue, right? And I think we saw it at the trade deadline, right? We get to the trade deadline and people are going, oh man, whole hum, there's not really much going on at the trade deadline. And then there was some, then there was some movement and especially the Granky trade shook some things up, you know, um, but it seems like baseball has a has a problem with inaction, right? During the off season, hot stove is now cold as ice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, trade deadline was was you know was a bit boring. Um, you know, even the way the game is played, it's it's it, you know there's they seem to be suffering from an action problem, right? Both on the field and off. And you know when you look at the other sports. Um, 
you know, basketball free agency. Everybody was talking about that for weeks, right? Because of all the movement. And yeah, you can complain a little bit about it in terms of, is it too much and what's going on? And the NBA has some issues with what's going on and they're looking into it. But man, it was exciting, right? Um, NFL, you know, NFL still remains, you know, to me, the king of the sports in terms of capturing the imagination. I mean, it's August and we're talking more. If you listen to talk radio, they're talking more about NFL than they're talking about baseball. So it just seems to me baseball has some issues, man, you know, with in, in terms of capturing the imagination of their fans because they don't seem to, whether it's free agency, whether it's on the field, whether it's trade deadlines, they just don't seem to generate action and action in this day and time, man, that's the way you got to keep people's attention. I think that's definitely true. Um, I think maybe part of it is also the lack of market marketing that MLB does with their exciting players. And um, like you see the NBA, LeBron wasn't even in the playoffs, and we're talking about LeBron in the playoffs or LeBron coming up next year. And the NFL, the same thing. You hear year-round, you know, oh, when's the countdown to the NFL season starting? What's going to happen with this person and that person? And MLB doesn't do that. I think they rely so much on where America's pastime that we're always going to be there. So we don't have to do go the extra mile because we're just, you know, we're America's pastime. And they're losing themselves with the younger generation who are getting hyped up and excited about the NFL season coming up or the NBA season coming up and things like that. And it's also a lot of, you see, even in college sports, there's excitement about college football and college basketball. And there's not a lot of that with, with baseball in general. And I think the sport itself just doesn't do a good enough job to market the sport. And that's why they're kind of losing the interest and it's, and everything they do, like you said, it's at a slow pace because they feel like maybe, well, we don't have to do as much. We're always going to be there. You know, we're always going to be America's past. Yeah. They need to be careful I, about it, though. Go ahead, Bob. I'm sorry. I got, no, well, I just got to tell you, Jeff, I think, and I've had this discussion with a few folks, and I, you know, honestly, I think that in, in basketball and, and maybe a little bit in baseball, you have a, 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 a you have too many teams and you have too many games. I think that what the NFL does right is they only have there's 16 games. It's once a week. There's a lot of build up. There's a lot of excitement, you know, and there is a lot of you know a lot of unknown. I mean, you can watch a baseball game every night of the week, and you get to see the best players of the game, maybe once or twice a week, unless you, you know, unless you have the MLB package and you, you go out and seek those games. But, you know, fans in New York don't get to see the best player in the game um, play in New York unless, you know, but maybe six times a year or three times a year when the Angels come into town. Well, all season they pick the Yankees. What's that? I said, oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I don't think Mr. Trout plays for the Yankees. But uh, anyway, I digress. <laughs> but, uh, 
But I mean, but honestly, but who cares about the Angels? The Angels are, you know, they're they're out of it. They're done. Nobody nobody is even talking about them. Um, and that goes to what I think um, Roberto was saying as far as marketing, the the you know the premier talent in the game. You know, you know LeBron's not in the playoffs in, in the NBA, but the, but all during the playoffs they're talking about LeBron and the Lakers. And you know the Angels aren't going to be in the playoffs, but nobody's going to talk about Mike Trout. Um, but I want to see Mike Trout play. But you know what? There's not a, there's not going to be a real opportunity to do that, and I mean I made the argument before that that you know maybe there's too many teams, and I've said this about the NBA more so than the MLB because I think that there's not you know fully you know on every single NBA squad I don't think they have in fully full NBA talent, and I think if they cut down the number of teams which, you know, that that's not going to happen. But, you know, it used to be that every team had, you know, three solid players, three, you know, potential all-stars, and then the, the bench was solid. And it was a real battle between um, teams. Uh, there, there wasn't such disparity amongst, you know, the lower-level teams and the teams that were in the playoffs. And it just seems that, you know the the level the the level of talent is just not enough um you know to be competitive throughout the entire league and i think that might be true a little bit of baseball um you know the the lower level teams you know even though they get a spark every once in a while like the royals a few years ago um you know i mean pittsburgh the marlins you know what you know? Who is really going to? Who's really interested? Yeah, there are and too many bad teams. There are too, too many. many. There are too many bad teams. Too many. There's enough talent. I have to agree with you, Rob. You know, all jokes aside about the best players playing with the Yankees. I I, hear, I live in Orange County, in, in uh, you know Angel territory, and I got to be honest. No one talking. No one talks about the Angels even here. And I think what happens with wow. Major League Baseball is that they allow the marketing of the team to be regional. And that's the difference between the NFL and the NBA. The league does a good job of promoting the league so that in each market, it's not just left up to the teams because it shouldn't be like, we shouldn't be talking about Mike Trout. It should, there, there should be still excitement that we have one of the greatest players in, in the history of the game playing for us, but you don't even hear that, you know, I think something has to do with the lack of, maybe how the teams do it and what do they do when the team isn't producing well there's still possible you know there's still ways to market your team and market your your talent and this goes back to a little bit what roberto roberto was saying excuse me sorry for the start of there what roberto was saying where we they don't market their young talent enough and they feel like that's singling out you know the individual player yeah but when your team is excuse my my language shitty that's what you need to keep the fans interested, to keep the, uh, the those players at the forefront of the national fan fan base. And so that's where Major League Baseball is lacking to the other three leagues. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, um, and, and we'll see. But I mean, yeah, there are too many bad. There are too many bad teams. But um, we, 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 we talked a lot about Trout. Trout was mentioned there and you know what's always interesting to me is that for a time 
you know, people, when they mentioned Trout, they would mention another player by the name of Bryce Harper. And I always thought that was unfair to Mike Trout because he's so much better than Bryce Harper. Um, Mm. What are you guys' thoughts on Harper and his season in Philadelphia? I mean, he went out and he signs the largest free agent contract. We know Trout got a bigger contract, but that was an extension, right? So, you know, Harper goes out there and gets the biggest free agent contract. But what do you think about his mm. season if you've been following it and i know roberto i know you do a lot of stuff because you do your power rankings and all the rest of that i mean um what, what what's the group's thoughts here on our man bryce harper well i don't see anything wrong with this season i think it's going great huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you say that as a mets fan <laughs> i hope he does it against us we've been handling him pretty well so i ain't worried about him <laughs> about old Bryce. <laughs> I think Bryce Bryce is a good player, but I think he's definitely and I hate using the word overrated when it comes to players, but I think he's definitely overrated and he's um a lot of it ha- comes with the hype. He was very hyped up getting drafted, very hyped up getting called up. I think he was like 19 years old when he first got called up. Yeah. So I think a lot of what yeah. what's carries him is the hype. And he had that one MVP season where he was an absolute beast. But if you really look at his career, it it doesn't warrant the contract he got. But he's one of those guys that finds ways to market himself. And I guess that's what teams see. It's like, well, we can make some money off of the contract we're giving him based on, the you know, how he markets himself and kind of attracts the young crowd. And he's kind of like the rebel of Major League Baseball, per se. Well, I mean, for me, here's the thing. Like, I used to work for for Trout, for not Trout's for uh, Bryce Harper's agent, and so you know the the Trout versus uh, Bryce Harper kind of you know theme was definitely something we paid attention to. But here's my, here's my thought. This is my personal opinion on on both of them. I think Bryce Harper was an immense talent coming up, right, and coming into the league. He um, you know, was young, went out and played hard, produced, had a nice stretch of seasons where he produced other world, worldly numbers, right? Trout, quiet, went about his business. His talent produced, you know, these other worldly numbers. But the difference is consistency. Now, that's not a negative on Bryce Harper. It's just Trout has been consistent from almost day one all the way through. And so I think it's more of a result of the individual player, of who they are and their character. And I'm, that's not a negative on Bryce Harper saying he's not, you know, he doesn't have good character. My point is is that Trout's just more consistent, and he has been. And so for me, that's the difference. And to your point, um, you know, Jeff, I think what we um, – when you mentioned, um, you know, unfair to Trout to compare, well, the reason they were comparing is because when you're looking at on-the-field performance – the stretch that uh, Bryce Harper had matched Mike Trout. Now, when you look at the when the when you look at the the went through the MVP season, there were stretches where the conversation was one and two, them two, because mm. of the on the field performance. And mm. then when you look at longevity, right, career wise, obviously the consistency is where Trout separates himself. But when you look at the three-year stretch, right, their numbers were very similar. 
their impact was very similar. Um, so not a negative on each one, just the consistency is what sets apart Mike Trout. Hmm, I think Ooh, we may have to go behind. to the videotape on that one because <laughs> to me, Mike Trout has been head and shoulders above. And, and again, this is not, we're talking about the best player in the game. So this is not a dispar- to disparage Bryce Harper, right? I mean, when you say Trout is better than, you know, he's better than everybody who's playing. You know what I mean? So it's it's right. not it's not something that's ne- necessarily a negative towards towards Bryce, um, but but Trout has been otherworldly from day one. You know what I mean? And um, you know, it, it for me, I, I just I, I think you know, um, I think Harper. It's great sometimes to have the hype. Or, or whatever, if you want to, you know, market and do all those types of things. But at some point, man, you just got to put it together on the field. And I just think to your point, Victor, you know, when you talk about Trout being more consistent, that implies that Harper has been inconsistent. And I think that's the that's that's the issue, right? He did have that very great MVP season. And then the very next year, he didn't even get an MVP vote. That's almost mm-hmm. unheard of. Right. Your MVP one year next year, you don't even get an MVP vote. So I think that's part of the problem, you know, for 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 Harper. And we'll see what happens in Philadelphia. And you guys know, man, they treat Santa Claus, you know, mean in Philadelphia. Right. So (laughs) if Bryce don't turn around, that that could be a tough place to play. And I and I live down here in southern Jersey. And so I'm right outside Philly Um, and it could be tough down here, man. And so. It's going to be interesting to see if Harper, um, you know, how his and he's up and he's there for a long haul, right? Thirteen years, no opt outs, nothing. Yeah, it's straight yeah. like pretty much. Yeah, it could get ugly. But so. I was surprised at no opt out. But here's the thing: I think Philadelphia is a blue collar um, town, and they're going to appreciate because I think actually Bryce Harper is kind of you know, kind of a blue collar guy, and I think yeah. he's. Unless he shits the bed in terms of on the field performance, I think he'll be all right. Even if he doesn't produce, you know, forty home run, one hundred and you know, thirty RBI seasons. Um, but the fact that he works hard, he hustles, and that's the way he comes off. The 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 city will will appreciate that and will make it worth it. Now it's just a matter of whether he can keep that up for thirteen years. Although he is young, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. I mean, I think, you know, look, this first year, a lot of times the first year of a big deal, guys tend to struggle because they try to justify the contract. Um, so we'll see what happens with him going forward. But I do agree. I mean, he does play hard. He, he is a gritty player. Uh, Philly's a gritty town. So, you know, those things seem to go together. But I'm kind of with Rob. Um you know, I, I'm kind of liking the way he's playing right now. He's kind of pedestrian. You know what I mean? 19 <laughs> home runs, 70 RBIs, uh-huh. you know, in that band box. And it, and that's what he's doing. Well, we'll take that, you know, yeah. uh, as Mets fans. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And Real Muto hitting behind him is not, you know, you know, I mean, that's not a lot of protection. So, I think the Phillies definitely expected a lot more from what they have. No question. And the amount of talent on that roster, it just, it just sometimes it doesn't work out. It looks good on paper, but it has to produce on the field. Yeah, and I got to be honest, 
I gotta be honest, part of that as well, and this is just my personal thought on it, and not a not a not speaking negatively of the manager, but but you know, the reputation of, of Kapler during, you know, his career was that he was a very high energy go 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 type of guy and when you're trying to mesh a team together a clubhouse with young guys and some veterans that might not i'm not saying that that's how he is as a manager but i can't envision that you know someone would change their stripes so i don't know if necessarily that's been a positive i mean there's been some positives to have someone like that in your clubhouse but i think for a growing team i don't know if that's necessarily the right recipe that's just kind of my thoughts on it yeah I don't know. I mean, and like I said, I mean, and like Rob said, um, I look at it and I'm fine with it uh, as a Mets fan. Yeah. So, so let's get <laughs> back to this Mets and Yankees thing. So, how's this season going to end up? I'm going to start with uh, I'm going to start with Rob, Roberto Duran, and with Victor. How do you see the Yankee season ending up here? Right. And don't so, tell and don't tell me what a ticker tape parade. I don't want to hear that. No, no, no. So this is, <laughs> this is how I'm going to end. I'm going to say to the Mets fans, enjoy your season. We definitely invite you to watch us during the during October. Because oh, we'll be we'll be playing in the playoffs, and you won't. Now I won't say how far we'll get, but we'll be in the playoffs, and you can, oh, you can watch us. That is some qualification right there. I won't. You, you don't know how far you're gonna get. If you don't win the I'm World Series, it's a, it's a failure. Yeah, I, no, I, wait, I wait, agree wait. with that. But remember, we we just talked earlier about Houston, so it just matters. <laughs> I guess it depends on when we'll be facing Houston. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, so Roberto, what do what do you have to say about it? I think we take Houston down, and I think we go all the way and bring a title back to New York the way it's supposed to be brought back. I think once once these guys get back, Sevy and Batantis, I think, you know, that roster, once it gets full, once they get healthy, they're the best team in baseball. And as far as the Mets go, I think you guys, are, you know, you'll make a push. You'll get everyone excited and hyped up, and then you'll do what you do and fall just short. But I think the Yankees take it all this year. Well, when you say just short, you mean like game seven? One of the track. World Series? One just track. No. Just short to, to, to the warning track. track. They'll hit one out in the warning track. <laughs> <laughs> On the warning track. The warning track, though. The Mets will be missing a little of that launch angle to get over the home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get the uh, new analytics. So the launch angle on the Mets season didn't quite reach the wall. <laughs> oh man, they got jokes, Rob. They got jokes. They got a man. lot of jokes. They got a lot of jokes. The exit but, velocity wasn't what it should have been. <laughs> they got they got a lot of jokes for. for well, maybe it was. That's why they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> for, for for a team with a pitching staff of hopes and dreams. You know, you guys got a lot of jokes, boy. I tell you, it, and and that's what you got. You got a pitching staff that, you know, once you get into September, you know, if you 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 guys are hoping Severino and Batantis come back, and they come back, and they got to come back almost in midseason form to 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 give you, you know, to fulfill those hopes and dreams. I don't know if you, I don't know if it's if you're at that point where you can bank on that so so how you, you see know. the Mets though Rob how you see them ending up well 
I got to tell you, like I said earlier, and when we first started this conversation, this weekend is what I'm looking at. This weekend is my is is the test. I mean, they and I think I think to a man in that locker room, they all know that this is this weekend is where they're gonna, you know, let it all hang out and everything that they've been doing these last couple of weeks. If they blow through the Nationals. I think we get the wild card. I think we get a wild card spot. And then from there, you know, you'd have to ask me towards the end of September, looking at the pitching staff, I mean, look, if Strowman comes in and he's real Strowman-like, and I mean the sinker working and just running through these uh, National League teams, you know, because you've got to remember, this is his first year of facing teams with at least one automatic out in the lineup. So I like I like his chances and if he if he does that and everybody else stays solid, you know, I think we get to the the division series. Um and you know, uh, let's just let's just leave it there. And I, and that and that that'll make me very very happy. Well, this here here's what I'm going to say. Because we heard Roberto and Victor making their jokes about launch angle and and exit velocity for the Mets and all the rest of that. But this is what I want to say. If if the Mets make the playoffs, then Victor and Roberto have to come back on the show and sing the Mets theme song. Oh boy! Oh, I like that. I like if, that. If if the Mets don't make the playoffs, then Rob and I will come back on the show and sing the Yankees theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. And they're both thinking, "Wait, do we have a theme song?" <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it's like they're stumped, Rob. <laughs> They are so. We'll dress up like the like. We'll dress up like the Yankee mascot. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll dress up as the Yankee mascot and sing the right. Yankees theme, the theme song. song. <laughs> 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 fair bet. That's a fair bet right there. That's a fair bet. Sounds good. I like it. I like it. I'm not worried. So I'm not even going to learn the Mets theme song because I'm not worried about that one. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you in oh, September. Wow. We'll talk to you in September when the Mets are like, you know, they lock up the wild card. We'll send you, both of you, by email the lyrics. The lyrics. Got it. <laughs> All right. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, guys, it, it's been fun, man. It's been fun. And listen, if if we should keep an eye on the standings, I mean, the Yankees are going to make the playoffs, right? I mean, they have a, a good-sized lead in the East. And, you know, again, they, I mean, they're battling Houston, right, for the best record, best in, record. in the American yeah. League. Um, yeah. But uh, if the Mets you know, a stay in this thing deep into September. And of course, if they make it, we're going to have to get back together again. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. 
And right. you guys and you guys thought you had fun with this launch angle exit velocity stuff. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Rob and I gonna bring it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause it'll be it'll be on like popcorn. <laughs> Something like you. that. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you guys what. I'll tell you guys what. I'll put my my little career on the line here. If the Mets make the playoffs, I'll put a video up on my page with a Mets hat on, praising the Mets. I'll give okay. you guys a full thirty oh. seconds praising the Mets. All right, that's, that's <laughs> fair. I'll promote. I'll promote my. I, I've got a Mets jersey because I collect jerseys. I've got a Mets jersey somewhere hidden in the house. I'll wear a Mets jersey and put it on social media. Okay. And and what does and 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 it's nothing for Rob and I to do. Rob Hoskins and I to do. If you if your Yankees do something, well, here's the thing. Our our bet is more of a safer bet. So I'm willing to do something, and I don't require anything back because most likely, you know, you guys won't be doing anything back anyway. So oh know. my gosh. Okay. <laughs> See, this is this is where it goes. But yeah. anyway. It you know it was a good conversation until you know we, we they they had to make us feel like second class citizens. Well, that's yeah, exactly they're gonna try. No, that's the match in New York. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, fellas. Well, look, it was it's been fun. Um, but let's stay in touch and let's see how the season goes. And, you know, no matter what, I think um, as we do get to the end of the season, we talked about a lot of teams that are bad teams in baseball, but the good teams are pretty good. You know what I mean? You know, whether it's, you know, Houston, the Yankees, the Dodgers, we didn't even talk about the Dodgers, right? Um, you yeah. know, there's some good teams in, 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 in baseball and, you know, hopefully we'll have some good, good pennant races coming down the stretch, but until then, thanks guys for coming on, man. And let let's stay in touch and let's see if we reconnect before the season ends. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thanks right, for coming on. Okay, thanks. guys. All right, all right, guys.